we're, we're, talking, we're talking about calling, aren't we? Um, I, I heard about a, a, a church where um, the, the church leadership decided that it was going to be really significant. There was a bit of a problem in the church with visibility. So they decided that we're going to buy some new grand chandeliers. An older member of the church wasn't there when they had the conversation about these new chandeliers and wrote to the vicar saying, Vicar, I object most strongly to the innovation of chandeliers. I have three key reasons. One, I cannot spell the word chandelier. Two, who will be taught to play the chandeliers? And three, if we've got enough money for new chandeliers, why don't we invest it in buying some new lights for the church? We're going into a season of, of change, and change has so many impacts on us, doesn't it? it, it we can't pretend otherwise. Um, so many of us have travelled through this last season. I, I said that comment. It's not my comment. I can't remember which commentator said it. Same boat, uh, same storm, many different boats. You know, thank you if you're here and inwardly, you're just hanging on by your, you know, fingernails. You know, thank you if you're here, and, and you're really not sure about a, a lot of the God things. You know, maybe for you, and I, I know this is so true for, for a number, maybe, you know, your fundamental sense of what you believe has been, has been shaken, has been, and, and you really would have to say if, you wouldn't say it, because you know, maybe it would be a real struggle with your partner or family or you wouldn't want to sort of, you know, with friends, you wouldn't want to admit to this. But, you know, you're almost actually, you've shifted a bit to thinking a bit like an agnostic. You know, so atheist is you have faith that there is no God. I always say to atheists, by the way, I admire their faith. It usually starts a good conversation. Being an agnostic is saying, I, I don't know. There's a lot I just don't know about. I'm not, I'm not sure about I do think there's a place, by the way, for an agnostics anonymous group in, in, in Trinity. Thank you if you're here. We're talking in a new season. You can't fight seasons, can you? I, w I wish it would still be the summer. I wish it wasn't autumn. But there's no point in, I can't stop it becoming autumn. You have to, you have to either try and ignore and pretend it's not there. Well, that doesn't go well. Or you, you go with it, don't you? And you recognize that in every season, there is purpose. That the, the kingdom of heaven, God's right rule, is, is working its purposes out in every season. Some things have not changed. We are still fundamentally called our why, our purpose. The, and, and it's only by filling, fulfilling this that Trinity will still exist on the last day. I've said this before. The church of Jesus Christ will exist on the last day. There is no guarantee that Trinity Cheltenham will exist still on the last day of this earth. There's no guarantee of that. The only reason will be if we're fulfilling our purpose, our why, which is to invite people to become followers of Jesus Christ and to change nations and change communities. I mean, I, I love the fact that we're, of course I do, we're feeding the poor, we're binding up the brokenhearted through our transformed ministries, but I, I yearn and, and, and ache 
for our transformed ministry to be literally changing the whole society. You know, transformed ministry should be the one ministry that you're always looking to come to an end. Shouldn't it? Our why doesn't change. We're talking about calling, aren't we? And there's a problem at one end of the spectrum. Some of us are stuck because we don't yet know our calling. Sadly, we've, we've become, we've put ourselves at the center of the universe and we imagine that unless we know what we're doing, then nothing can happen. There are also too many voices for some of us, aren't there? They're not all healthy. Any of us who's a follower of Jesus Christ knows that the devil, the evil one, who we don't need to give a lot of airtime to, but evil is personal. It's not just an impersonal force. We know the devil is whispering, is, is, is trying to divert us from our course. The evil one, the devil, does not want Trinity to step into a new season. The devil would prefer that we kind of thought, well, we've got a bit of a silver bullet. Look at us. There's lots of us still, aren't there? We did the roof. We got all the money for the roof. So we're basically okay. We can go back to how things were. Those other churches, maybe, or other organizations, they're going to need to change, but, but we don't. Just not true. Not true. It's so easy to think, if only I had a different, different partner, different wife, different husband, different... Job is a classic one, isn't it? I know my calling, but I can't do it at the moment because I've got the wrong job, or not a job. Um, I'm not going to ask you to put your hands up, but at least a third of you will be wondering if this is the right church for you. Online, and all the people who are not here. At least. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up. You'll certainly be wondering if in a different church you could be more fruitful. You'll be wondering... Uh, by the way, I have the same thoughts as well. I'm in the third. Sorry, did I, did I not say that? <laughs> I'm so sad when people leave churches for the wrong reasons. You, God calls sometimes. Whenever anyone, by the way, comes and starts an email with, we just think that God's been calling us. I always want to say, that's really odd, because when I read the Bible, he's constantly talking about sticking in. He's, it does happen. Don't get me wrong. It does happen. And it can be about how you can serve and the shape of your serving. Absolutely. But I do get genuinely, really emotional and tearful when people leave without even saying they're going. That's, that's not family. That's not family. That... And certainly when it comes to our sense of calling, going to a, you know, the grass is not greener, friends. Tell me, I've been there, I've had a look over the summer. The good news, though, is our creator God, the one who made you, has made you with a combination of personalities, with gifts, with circumstances, where you have calling in this season. I love a quote from a guy called Frederick Buchner, a book, a book by a man called Frederick Buchner, Secrets in the Dark. He talks about calling as being the things that we're, we're summoned to spend our lives in, and the sense that calling chooses us. Very countercultural. We don't choose it, it chooses us. Here's, here's what Jesus said. We've been reflecting on these passages from John 10 and then John 17. Jesus said, very truly, whenever you see very truly in the Bible, it's underlined, this matters. Very truly, I tell you, he's speaking to the Pharisees, to the religious. By the way, that's us. Anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. 
The one who, who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. You know that in the Middle East, the shepherd leads the sheep, doesn't drive the sheep. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. It's the voice of God. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Do you recognize all the strangers' voices on social media? Do you, do you, do you recognize the voices, uh, the strangers' voices in your friends at the school gate and everywhere? I don't. I can be very influenced by strangers' voices. Jesus used this figure as speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. And then later in the farewell discourse, when Jesus is praying for his disciples, his last kind of big message to the followers of Jesus, to us, to me, you, I pray. If you love me, says Jesus, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. He will be in you, Holy Spirit in us. I sometimes liken my own story of the work of the Holy Spirit to I uh, became a Christian. I absolutely believed you were filled with the Holy Spirit. It was a bit like the boiler, though, in my, in my kitchen. The pilot light was on, but I had never turned up the, the gas. And when Nikki became a Christian through a thing called Alpha later, and I went on a church weekend with her, and I thought I was going to go and help her and them, and really they were going to do a number on me, and I got filled by the Holy Spirit, the light took off. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Do you feel cut off? Do you feel a bit like an orphan at the moment? Do you, I don't know where I belong. God says you're not an orphan. You're a, a sister in Christ, a brother in Christ. You're in family. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, said Jesus, but you will see me. So we will see Jesus. We can see Jesus in the work of the Holy Spirit. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love them and show myself to them. Over the last couple of weeks, we've just been reflecting that our first calling, and it's more than enough for a lifetime, 58 years old, started the journey when I was 13, got blitzed by the Holy Spirit at about 21, 22, been learning what that means ever since. There's more than enough in this stuff of getting to know God before anything else. Tim talked about that a couple of weeks ago with the story of Samuel. It's a life, therefore, in response to, not a life of striving for. Do you get this sense? So many people in life, when they're thinking about calling and vocation, there's a sense of, I'm striving for. And sadly, it's often about tomorrow. Whenever I bury people, I say, I bet you the one thing that Mildred or George or Fred or whoever would say to you, don't live for tomorrow. It might not come. No one ever on their deathbed says, I wish I'd spent more time at the office. There's more than enough 
in living in response to our Father. And what a life to lead, to live in response to, not strive for. What a gift. Hills talked about the Logos word of God. God, the word, Jesus, the word, the calling of the kingdom, the great commandments to love God with all our heart, soul and mind and then love others as ourselves. We've shared that. The great commission to make followers of Jesus, other followers of Jesus. Friends, there's more than enough to fully occupy you, me and all of us in the Logos calling of God, the purposes of God. And it's not going to be about a different church, a different wife, a different husband, a different job, a different... It's going to be where you are now. That's what Hills was helping us to see. We say our yes to God now, where we are. Like Samuel, we serve where we are first. There is also Rhema calling, though, yes, there is the specific assignment. The word in, the, in Scripture, in the Bible, in Greek, is not only used, by the way, about God speaking. It can be anyone giving a personalized and specific saying. But there is the rhema word of God. And as we pour our energy into listening, the way to think about this is not bolt from the blue, not top of a mountain voice. That does happen. The way to think about it more helpfully is about refinement and focus in your calling. We share the Logos calling, all of us. And then as we journey and follow Jesus, the rhema comes to us as the specific assignments, to use the word that Hills used last week, the specific assignments. If that freaks you, good news, the Holy Spirit is inside you to do the work about that. If you're frustrated because you haven't heard God clearly and he seems to have been on mute, I just ask the question whether you are attending to the Logos calling or whether you have jumped straight to wanting to know your Rhema specific calling. I got married to Nikki 33 years ago. On day one, I was not fully married, if I can put it like that. I mean, I was legally married, but I had to find out what being married felt like. I've spent 33 years, so I had a logos, if I can put it like this, calling, the big calling, for better, for worse, in richer, in sickness and health. That was my logos. There's lots I already knew about marriage. I didn't on day one say, I can't do anything, darling, about this because I haven't heard a word from the God about, you know, how to be a good husband. I started down the road. And through 33 years, there's been shaping and refinement and focus, and I'm now the world's best husband. It happens. <laughs> but we're living, friends, we're living in a, wor a world where the voices of the world will tell you, those recruitment agents will tell you, that that social media stuff, that, that buzz about a different church, that whatever it is, yes, I'm going on about that a bit because it, it matters. We're in a world where the voices will tell you, get your rhema calling, get the specific for you, you be you, and then everything else will follow. God who made us says, seek first the kingdom of heaven, and then everything else will follow. It's, it's that way around. 
So God loves you and me. He takes us seriously. He has got assignments for us. He's got purposes for us. He's got things that we can be and do that no one else can be and do. Yes, he has. But he he wants to see if we're on the road with him. He needs to see if we're on the road with him. So you have to expect that your rhema calling, your specific calling, is always revealed over time. It's always revealed over time. And it's always two parts. It's always a combination of what you feel in yourself and what others see in you. Especially if you're talking about public roles. If anyone comes to talk to me about a sense of call to ordain ministry and they start talking to me as if it's only if they begin training, if only if they begin um, the process of, of vocation, that they could then do some of the things that seem to go with ordained public ministry, I have a real concern. If you're, te- if you're a teacher, you'll be teaching. If you're a pastor, you'll be pastoring. If you're a prayer, you'll be praying. If you're a leader, you'll be leading. I hope you know that personal calling and vocation is not the same as your job. Your job and your calling can be closely aligned. Hello, welcome to the t-shirt. But my job and my calling are not the same thing. If I stopped being the lead pastor of Trinity Cheltenham, would I lose my vocation and calling? Absolutely not. When I retire... Will I stop having the things inside me that God has called me to? Absolutely not. Will the shape and the place and the way that I express those things change? Absolutely. Some of us have jobs which pay bills to free us to do other things for the Lord. And that's okay. There's no hierarchy of jobs Vicar, close to heaven, right-hand man. (laughs) About to offend some people now. (laughs) Choose your own job at this end. (laughs) And feel offended. (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying? You know, doctors, nurses, healthcare professionals, school teachers, love you. Absolutely love you. But you are no more special than anyone else. You're just incredibly special, like everyone else. How do you discern your particular Raymar calling? Well, at Raymar calling, well, it's the same as for your Logos calling. Here's a list. Thanks, Cheryl. Patient listening. Patient listening. The sheep get to know God's voice. Prayerful obedience. The Bible is a lamp to our feet. I know in my life, I've often wanted God to give me a searchlight that showed me the whole path. Quite often, God has said, Andrew, you're going to have a tiny torch and it's only going to show you one step at a time. Otherwise, you won't rely on me. Friends and counsel. Some of your friends are good. Some of them are not. Do you know the difference? If you have a big question, do you have someone you can go and ask who you trust that they will give you an honest answer? If you don't, find somebody. Bigger the decision, the more people you ask. Contemplation. Actually spending time quietly thinking, reflecting. And yes, circumstances, but don't start with them, as Hill said. 
Where's the need is a good question to ask. Most often people say things like, which door is opening up? There was an old, old skit by a, gay a guy called Adrian Plass who said most Christians walk through revolving doors. <laughs> Why not just ask the question, where's the need? Where's the need? It's not a bad place to start, is it? Do we trust God to tell us, you know, A, do we trust God that we're not the centre of the universe? God is not going to be on the final day going, I'm really sorry it went wrong back in about 2021, Andrew, because you were meant to do this amazing job and the whole of the universe, you know, was determined on you and you didn't say yes, you didn't hear the voice and so I'm really sorry how the whole of creation has ended. Do you have a rule of life? We talk about it as a church family. It's something that means, I think, it's a powerful tool. Rule as in guide. There are little leaflets at the back that we're using. It's encouraging you to think under different headings. In terms of prayer and rest, what are your practices that keep God at the center of everything? In your work life, what, what, in your relationships, what are the practices, the things that you do that keep God at the center of everything. Every single person in this building has a rule of life already. It just might not be a healthy and good one. I look at my phone before I have a cup of tea. That's a, that's a practice, is it a good one? <laughs> this new chapter needs all of us. It needs all of us in patient listening. Here's just a quick tool to finish with, which some of you, if you want something to take away and look at and Google, Rick Warren from the States, great pastor in the States, uses this um, shape, an acronym, that you can prayerfully work your way through if you're pretty sure you're already getting on with some of the Logos stuff. <laughs> what are your spiritual gifts, your God-empowered abilities? What are, what's my heart? What's the bundle of my desires, hopes, loves, cares? What are the natural talents and abilities? Great to have you guys joining us. We're just about to pray. Welcome back. Personality. Personality tends to determine how and where you use gifts, not why. And what's your experience? What's your life's gifts and maturing? So, friends, a new season. Are you going to fight it? Or are you going to get on with it? You want to know who God shaped you to be? Have you started the journey with him, that Logos big calling? And trust him that he will reveal to you the specifics. The grass is not greener on the other side. It may be a lot harder, and yes, that's why God is calling you to go somewhere else, do a different job, do a whatever. By the way, he doesn't call people to change their marriage partners, I can confirm. God will reveal to you over time. He'll shape and he'll focus. He'll already have started that work. He will have done, even if you're not hearing it yet, seeing it yet. Trust him. Lean not on your own understanding. Proverbs 3, 3 to 5. Lean not on your own understanding, but trust in God. I loved it when Hills last week said, say yes to small things. 
Say yes to every small thing you can possibly say yes to. And God will then reveal the bigger things. Would you like to stand? Let's pray together. Thank you. We've got the older kids have joined us. Thank you for joining us. We're going to pray together. I know you've been thinking about how God calls as well. And whatever age we are, we know that God can speak to us, is speaking to us, and he wants us to know how much he loves us. Just that reminder again, parents, if you've got younger ones over there, make sure your older one has arrived before going for them. We've got a few minutes together before we finish and have refreshments. So look, let's start again with the reality check. If you are frankly completely wiped out at the moment, you're holding on by your fingertips, you would love to have run up to the front screaming at several points during what I've just shared, saying, Andrew, you don't know. You know, you blithely talk about different boats. Here's, here's a moment to pray with you. Let's just pray. Let's just say, Jesus, thank you. You're here. Holy Spirit, you're here. God, Father, you love us. You love us. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Jesus, I'm crying out to you for my brothers and my sisters in Christ who yearn to hear your voice. They want Jesus to hear your voice. And I, I pray, Jesus, in your name, if anything is preventing that, that should not be, in the name of Jesus, be broken. Let that barrier be broken. Let anything restricting our hearing be broken. I declare the truth that you have purpose for every one of us. We are all your sheep. Come, Holy Spirit. I pray, Holy Spirit, for a, a refreshing of those who are tired and wrung out. I pray, Holy Spirit, for maybe some signs of your refining work of calling. I pray that if people here have not, not seen the ways that you've already been at work, that you'd open hearts and eyes now. Jesus, if anyone here, if any of us just feel the call to go right back to the basic thing of listening to your voice, of getting to know you, God. However long we've been on the following journey with Jesus, give us the confidence, give us the strength to say, okay, God, I recognize I need to go right back to basics and start again with you in a sense. I need a new passion for reading my Bible. I need prayer that's not a to-do list for you, God. God, I need some good friends. I'm incredibly lonely. I'm in the middle of lots of people, but I am just really lonely, God. I need some good friends, God, please.
God, I need vision for where I am now. I hear this challenge not to look for a solution somewhere else, but to start where I am now. I, I need vision, Lord, for where I am now, what I'm doing now, God. Holy Spirit, would you come?